0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Blue Wife Life, a podcast for law enforcement wives to feel connected and supported. We hope that you can
1: find your place here. Ladies, we're so happy you're back here at Blue Wife Life. Don't forget to check out our Instagram and Facebook page where we post episode info, behind the scenes photos, and upcoming interviews. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, we'd love for you to rate us on your podcast app. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our show.
0: Today we are speaking with a marriage and family therapist about communicating better in our law enforcement marriages. Our interviewee, Dr. Hilberto Salinas, holds a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision with a minor in Marriage and Family Therapy. He is a licensed professional counselor and has worked as the Executive Pastor of Spanish Ministries at Laredo First Assembly of God. Really this is only like half of his credentials and we are just cutting out a lot here, but needless to say, he is very qualified to speak on this topic. Today we talk about the stress law enforcement marriages are under, and I think it's kind of nice to hear a male perspective of communication within marriage. He's been married for 18 years, has five children, and is also a military veteran and so often our military and law enforcement can kind of understand each other. Okay, so let's begin the interview.
2: Thanks for doing this, Dr. Salinas.
3: It's my pleasure, absolutely. You guys can call me Gilbert So
0: I don't think I can. I, re- I don't think <laughs> I'm able to. But
2: I've heard your name, Dr. Salinas, for
0: years. Like, I don't think I can either. Thank you seriously so much for coming on board and um, giving us your expertise.
3: As they say in Chick-fil-A, my pleasure.
0: We, you know, I remember a long time ago, we kicked around the idea when I was working with you about doing a group for veterans. You wanted to do a group for veterans and first responders. And so it made me think of you for this interview. Did you, did that ever happen?
3: What happened with that? I, uh, I actually turned that into research. I'm actually doing research on that right now. And, uh, Uh, I started running the numbers because I had about for a while, it's something that started in 2014 that I set it up, but it lay there, it just kinda laid there and, and you know, law enforcement, because of the blue line, as you know, don't necessarily trust us shrinks, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and, and, I, and I had it out there on, on, on Siri Monkey, so not a lot of people answered it. And I was kind of, I, I almost gave up on it, and then I looked at it, because I'm coming up for tenure, so I'm like, okay, I need to publish. So I'm looking at stuff, <laughs> I see that they, I, there was like 98 respondents, right? So I looked through it, and um, it's it's good, but I don't still don't have enough People participants to actually really completely run the stats. So that's what it's turned out to and it also I did a lot of work with uh, Border Patrol I was doing a lot of work with Border Patrol families and things like that um, First responders and uh, what is it? Psychological first aid. So that's basically what it's turned into. So it's gonna turn more into a paper than anything else
2: Okay, that's really neat though. Yeah,
0: you know oh. I, With marriage in general, it's hard, right? Everybody would probably agree with that, I think, yeah, but, yeah. but with law enforcement, the divorce rate tends to be a little bit higher.
3: Uh, I say considerably higher. Yes. Yeah.
0: So why do you think that that is?
3: Well, that, one of the things that I, that I've realized that that is a bit of a hydra, the, you know, because when you deal with anything, trauma is, is one of the parts of this. Um, but once you start dealing with trauma and you start studying trauma systematically, it's like a Hydra. You cut off a head and then like two more pop out. So there's so many things that, that play into this. But I've come up, it, this is part of the research that I'm doing. And this is, again, this is a theory at this moment. I still need to test it a little bit mm-hmm. and look at it. But I call it the perfect storm. There's There's several components that come together as a cycle that really starts not only affecting the, the quality of the marriage and the quality of the family time and, and, and the relationship, but also the rates of suicide that you see with these individuals, which is higher than the general population. Uh, but for example, okay, because of, of first responders, uh, people who work in law enforcement, uh, constantly are dealing with a very stressful job. They're dealing with a stressful job in the fact that they don't know if and when they're gonna come back. Uh, uh, and they're constantly exposed to uh, carnage, trauma, violence mm-hmm. against children. I know, you know the things that you're talking about is like child pornography. They're constantly being exposed to the stuff that many of us are, uh, who are not in that, in that, in that field are generally uh, sheltered from. So that starts accumulating. It starts accumulating, accumulating, accumulating and build, building up in them now. Because of the mentality of the of, of anybody who is in law enforcement, there's this idea of the blue line, right? Don't we'll talk to somebody who's not inside the force because they won't understand you. It's like for us veterans, we our humor is a little bit uh, non, you know, politically correct. So don't <laughs> put your gun on around other veterans because other people are think we're just a bunch of savages. <laughs> uh, so, and in addition to that so see i'm trying to package all of this in addition to that there is this uh, mentality in men particularly uh, this male ethos of being the protector and the provider of the home and then the the, the there's the female ideal uh, i guess social ideal the, of uh, being nurturers you know, being the nurturer, being the nurturer. And a lot of the questions that you send me, I'm reading them and I'm looking at them, yeah, they're written from a female perspective. <laughs> <laughs> to, to nurture these individuals, right?
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
3: so when he comes home, and, of course, he's not going to go talk to a shrink, the, the the neighborhood, the friendly neighborhood shrink, because, you know, he's not, he doesn't smell like me, talk like me, walk like me. He doesn't wear the same uniform. He can't relate to me. I can't relate to him. He's this lip guy who's just been reading books and never really had to put out a thought or anything like that.
0: And I don't want right. to open up because I have to keep it together all the time.
3: Which goes back. That's a, that's another thing. There's that, 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 that alpha, that... that presence, the ethos of the man, that I'm not going to show weakness because that's a sign of weakness, right? So, D comes home, so there's there's all of that there, right? So then, he's not going to go talk to the shrink, so who does he, he get to talk to? Okay, well, let's look at the primary support system, let's, Virginia Satir talks about this, right? So let's say he's going to come and talk to the wife. Well, he's sitting at the table with the wife and kids, if they still do that and oh, you know what, What, honey, I had to scrape up this guy from the street, I had to salvage all of these kids that were being used for for uh, porn films or these kids mm-hmm. that were here illegally and had to, have to separate, had to, somebody got shot. You know, this is not good table conversation. Right. Yeah, because especially I, part of your kids. Exactly, and usually he's gonna come in dealing with this emotionally. Woman's gonna be picking up these nonverbals real quick and say, what's wrong? And Course, to which she's gonna say, No, nothing. He's just gonna shut down, walk away. To which she's gonna feel like, Why isn't he telling me? Yeah, because what does he want to do? She wants to nurture.
0: Yeah, what's open what? up to me. Why won't you open up to me? Tell yeah, me what's wrong. Happens. Well, now something's wrong. You keep asking me.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, because the, in your intent to nurture, it's actually now walking up against his need to protect you from what he experienced, and you know, isolate. And, and and there's going to be miscommunication. She thinks he doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't share. He doesn't open up. He only opens up with his friends.
2: That's but a really good point.
3: What he's trying to do, he's trying to protect you from the stuff he's trying kind of, to deal with day in and day out, right? Right. It's that, that stoicism that is, is built into us. That you know, big boys don't don't cry. You just basically suck it up and embrace the suck and, and go into your cave and then get your wounds over there. Um, and then sometimes women start becoming a little bit more like, well, no, I need to know, and they start pushing, pushing, pushing. I think, I think you had a, you had a question, Mary. Mary, well, I was just gonna
2: say, okay, so you have that cycle that you just explained. I'm just So starting. what if you, what if you do see that your husband, or your boyfriend, or loved one really does need that counseling? How do you, like, bridge that gap? Where they
3: will say, Yeah, I do need to talk to someone. Excellent, excellent. It usually, it, it, there, there is going to be a point where you do that, but because again, let me continue with that cycle and finish it up okay, and then sorry. I'll come back to that. Okay, sorry. So, when you have that, so then what happens, the communication at home then breaks down completely. So, then that's a strength of the and you just don't go there anymore. You don't go there anymore. So, you keep it to yourself again. So, it keeps building up. Now, who do you go talk to? Your buddies right? Who are not therapists, who are not psychologists, who are not, you know, they're not looking out for you the way you're looking out for him. So what are they going to do? So Sex, drugs, women, Uh, alcohol, right? So women, alcohol, drugs, any variation or iteration of these three, that's usually what's going to happen to reassess their maleness and their control and things, their dominance. Usually that's what tends to happen, which then starts feeding into their performance because now they're dealing with alcohol they're dealing with problems at home where's their mind where's their their ability to think and do all of that if they don't have their stuff squared away at home and in their relationship that uh your friend disappeared
0: i know, um, I
2: know it's
3: okay there you are <laughs>
2: <laughs> my closet light goes off
3: okay sorry and uh, and, uh sorry <laughs> so, squirrels my adhd case I- <laughs> So then what happens? All of these now they're using drugs, alcohol sometimes starts becoming part of the well, of self-medicating, sometimes over-the-counter medication, sometimes staying longer at work, which then increases the stress, which then starts affecting performance. Then performance will come into their evaluations or making mistakes at work, which then starts adding more to the pressure, mm. and then that's like keeps continuing mm-hmm. around. Now, the question that you ask right now, at what point well, really, at any point, when you start noticing that this person starts uh, withdrawing uh, away from, from from you, the relationship starts suffering. Uh, they, they start withdrawing from the children. They start withdrawing there. They start uh, showing apathy, like basically signs of burnout. They start showing signs of burnout at work. And you can see it because they just don't care anymore. They hate them. Mm-hmm. They hate them. There's a lot of hate relationship with the, with the dad because that's what they want to do but now it's just painful to do it. Uh, it's no longer exciting, it's no longer fun, it's no longer, so, and then again, the, the relationships are suffering significantly. The problem is, you try to approach somebody like this, let's say the spouse, if there's already some dysfunction going on, it's probably not gonna be taken very well, which again, that's not an excuse for not attempting anyway, but what I realized with uh, border patrol agents, they were having these things called the Family Academy, which I thought it was was absolutely brilliant. I didn't come up with this, they did. So they um, invited me to go speak to the spouses of the agents and also to the agents. And to tell them this is what to expect of the agents, you know, and when they come home, how But you know they can sometimes decompress? This is how they're going to try to communicate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're going to be talking to you, and you're thinking, Why are you yelling at me? And they're like, I'm not yelling at you. The thing is, their police presence is they have to project authority, it's and a little
0: more domineering, yourself, right?
3: To yeah, yourself, to you, sounds like an eight out of a ten, and for them, it's a two. have not gone for long, but it's it, they haven't gotten out of that cycle yet or out of that mindset. So, yeah. anyway, so what they did is they have certain agents in there who have been trained to recognize signs of you know, family issues, divorce, depression, alcoholism, anxiety, trauma, things like that. They'll start picking it up. And these are people who are in the force, working with them. Okay. They're not like the psychologists. They're not, they, they just know about this stuff. So what's gonna happen? They can approach them because they're gonna be a little bit more prone to listening to them. Say, hey, you know what? Maybe you need to talk to somebody. Maybe you need to do this. Maybe you guys need to work on this. So supervisors, people like that, will be able to to deal with that. I don't know if a supervisor would be good, but maybe a peer would probably be better, but they need to be trained. you know.
0: And who would you suggest or how would you suggest someone go about looking for the right counselor? What things should they look for? Well, first of all, I I think they need to understand
3: a counselor who either – was a veteran or had served in, and that would be optimal. But I know that that really, really uh, significantly reduces the amount of people who could serve here. One, wow.
0: uh, or to have a competent counselor who has specific training mm-hmm. uh, in work with individuals who are in law enforcement, military,
3: first responders, what have you. So the, I think those would be the ideal ones, but uh, and sometimes. When a therapist builds enough reputation within a community, let's say the border patrol community or the law, they just, then, then that word of mouth, uh, they just start referring themselves. Hey, right. go try this. Go try this person Try this person. They'll, they'll work with you. And that's been my experience here. I get a lot of people who are in the border patrol constant things like that. They come to me because either they see me speak, they've seen me there and the things, or I've worked with some of them.
2: So, okay, pretend like you just talked about all the, like, reasons why a marriage could totally fail being married to law enforcement, what are um, some, talk to all the wives listening and tell us some tips on what makes a healthy marriage, like, what can we do in our daily life that would help our law enforcement, husbands, and our marriage, just, did that make sense?
3: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Healthy marriage.
2: <sighs> yeah.
3: That's, that's, there's several things. I mean, I think that um, there, there's a couple of great books that I would strongly recommend uh, to read. Um, there's, there's a, there's one that's called What Makes Marriages Succeed or Fail by uh, Dr. John Gottman. There's another one, and this is, a, this is like a, a huge book, but it is absolutely worth its weight in gold. It's called, uh, and I think a lot of the smaller books, actually, he got it out of this one, one book. So it's kind of like the master book. It's called uh, uh, family, the, family, the Family Clinic, The Family Clinic, by uh, also John Gottman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an excellent. So that's 28 years, 20-some years of research. Not 28. It's 20-some years of research at the University of Washington, where they had a house where people would move in, and
0: yes. they had them
3: wired, and they were looking at hormones, stress hormones when they would urinate. Uh, they were looking at the videos and, and and things of how they uh, how people argued. So and all of that synthesizes into this one book. So that really tells you about some of the things that he talks about the the four destroyers, which is called he calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You look at him on YouTube. There's a ton of videos on that. There's also another book that he wrote. I think is the seven
0: seven seven signs uh, of a healthy something marriage. Yeah, uh,
3: seven signs of a healthy marriage, uh, which are um, which is also by John Gottman, and some of the things he talks about there. Is uh, first of all, the the, the the communication needs to be very clear, mm-hmm. and 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 communication is incredibly complex. A lot of a lot of us think that okay, well, um, when I when I communication used to be like you have this the, the sender, you have the message, you have the receiver, and you have the response, right? That's what we learned learn elementary. But uh, it, I wish it was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, communication is, is incredibly complex because there's there's verbal communication, non-verbal, there's gender-based communication, women communicate a certain way, men communicate a certain way. Uh, and then there's all the filtering system that's there, your experiences, the past, and then there's the fact that we judge everybody else by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. So, learning to communicate clearly there, uh, is going to be very, very important. Uh, so there's going to be that communication, effective communication one. Uh, he has to be able to understand, and this is John Gottman, by the way, he has to be able to accept the woman's influence in the relationship. Okay. You know, and that's a lot of the biggest mistakes that men, particularly alpha males, yeah. they say up, up blowing off their wives, just ignoring them, you know? Just, oh yeah, whatever, you know, this is what I'm going to do, this is what it's going to be done, and, and you just follow along. Or, I don't agree with it, I'm going to still make the decision without your input. Whether, whatever you say, I make the decision of it. That's not the healthiest thing to do, because then that makes you, as the woman, feel like left out, unloved, you know.
0: Like on, I'm your partner, on, on, what are you doing? Yeah, and then so for us men it's very important for us to accept like if we want to be influencers we need to be
3: influenced also it's it's a two-way street mm-hmm. to do that um and uh, for women it's very important for them to accept their part of the blame too so it's not all of his fault it's not all your like okay i re- I understand this is what i'm doing this is what i need to work on this is what i fix, But you know, not say it's all your fault. In, 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 in short, right? Uh, there's all this like really paying attention to each other when they're speaking. You know, really, t- what 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 John Godman calls is like turning towards. Like like if somebody like oh you know look at look, look at the sky, it's so pretty today. Instead of being like oh, yeah okay whatever, you know that's probably not gonna go very far, <laughs> but like actually turning and saying like oh you know that's that's real nice. I mean, should we take a picture? I mean. That will be more
0: engaging. engaging.
3: That type of stuff.
0: So not looking at your cell phone—is that what you're saying?
3: That's really important. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fight that my wife and I have all the time. So I just start texting her. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 very important. The phone has become a huge issue, but um, but see, the healthy marriage again, communication is going to be the key to everything. The, for women, there's another book that I strongly recommend you get, and this is actually mandatory for my marriage and family class at the university, is Love and Respect.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Emerson Agris, you know, it's it's how it, it really cuts through uh, a
3: lot of the, the, the gender-specific communication styles and how men want to be, be respected, especially men in this type of position you know they they want to have the respect and and so the problem is that many women instead of giving them the respect they want to love
2: them yeah and
3: and and, uh, and sometimes and then the men make the the problem of respecting the woman and showing them respect instead of showing them love they're the most important thing in their life even more than the work even more than their friends even more than all this the hobbies or what have you
0: and so. i think it's hard too because men come through the door and you've got to like flip a switch you know they're coming in and all of a sudden you're like this is a safe space and you're out there in the world and then all of a sudden you walk through the door and you're expected to be dad husband you know Um, and chilled out
3: I probably wouldn't call it a safe space I don't know if any of of these guys would want a safe space you know
2: that's the man versus woman. Like
0: right. Here we go. Case in point. This
3: is what I call it. This is your castle. You know? Excuse me. Yeah. Okay.
0: The king The king has arrived. He's home.
3: Yes. <laughs> you know, yes.
0: So you would suggest people get trumpets as... That would
3: be very nice. Infer- <laughs> no, we are not This is going to be shown, so I'm not going to go. There. But yes, <laughs> uh, that, would be, that would be very nice. So... Castle, because, see, if you say safe space, I mean, what's happening right now in universities? Oh, the safe space for this. Is a safe space um, for that. A, a, a police officer needs a safe space. You know? Somebody who's out there putting out criminals is not going to need a safe space. But that, would you
2: say filter. more like their happy place?
3: Absolutely. I know exactly what you're trying to say. Okay. But for somebody who's filtering information, they're going to be like, I don't need that. What are you trying to say? You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Touche. You
3: know, so... It's, it's going to be, I understand exactly what you're trying to say, and yes, that, that's exactly what it's going to be, a place where he can really open up and, and, and just share and, and, and know that even though it's going to be hard to listen to, your intention is to nurture them and to help them through the whole situation and for them not to carry the burden by themselves. That's what men sometimes don't understand. They think that, you know, you just keep digging into my stuff, you just, you know, stop asking me questions. and. And you're trying to control me, yada yada yada. You know, so there's all of those things, and that's not, never the intention of the woman.
0: So you might have cases where your spouse has gone out and experienced a more than average level of violence or trauma um, in that day. You know, something extremely significant, and maybe they're experiencing some sort of PTSD. What are the signs that you would look for to be able for a wife to be able to identify that? Maybe more so than um, your day to day kind of jadedness. Okay.
3: The thing about about uh, this this population is not whether if they find trauma is how much of it and mm-hmm. how often, right? And you use the term PTSD. PTSD is a very specific condition, and it has to have you know the trauma has to have happened. Three months must have elapsed, and then you have to start seeing all the symptoms. So, for us to call it PTSD. Now, if it's shorter than that, it's what we call uh, uh, what's it? Uh, acute um, acute trauma. Uh, so, so what happens is is um, when they experience something like this, um, you will notice that they'll probably be quieter than usual. Usually, the, the more frustrated a man is, the quieter he becomes, and usually, the more frustrated a woman becomes, the more she talks. So it's 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 just again. So if you start seeing that he starts withdrawing, his nonverbals are not the usual. You can see that he's more pensive or whatever. Uh, it, it's important to first of all, uh, I think out of respect, it's important to ask. Okay, do you want some time by yourself to just decompress? And this is very – when you were talking about flipping the switch, that's something very important that I recommend a lot. Let him have that space to come in and just go take a shower, go do whatever he needs to do, watch the game for a little bit or whatever. Just decompress, and then he'll come and, okay, now you get your husband back because that needs to, needs to happen. There's going mm-hmm. to be some time. So ask him. When he comes in with that and you notice that something's up, tell him, you know, you want to talk about it right now or you, you just want some time right now? And then yeah. he'll You know, I just, I just need some time. And
2: you need
3: Yeah, just give him time, and then he'll come around. And then at, at dinner, you know, say, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'm here. If you don't, I mean, whenever you're ready to talk about this, or if you need my help in any or form, I'm here. If you, if, if there's anything I can do to help you, you know, make you feel better, make you feel more comfortable. That that type of stuff would really help a lot.
0: And kind of leave the ball in his court, but he has to be willing to be honest too. Yeah. If he is upset yeah. about something or wanting to talk, he has to be able to acknowledge that so, within himself.
3: Yeah, because if you start like digging a little bit more, then you get this. This you, you start this process called a, a complementarity, which is basically like one of the you have a distancer and a pursuer. So. Yeah. The more you pursue, the more distance is going to be there. So instead of doing that, just notice. Hey, I realize that something's up, but I want to give you that time, and I'm going to respect your response. So I'm just going to give you that space for you to process that. And if you need me, I'll be right
2: here. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that in my own marriage. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the coming home and giving them a little bit of time just to decompress. Yeah. My husband is so much more willing to. Help and just be emotionally engaged when he's had 15 20 minutes just to take a break from life. And I feel like, like he'll open up to me after the kids have gone to bed, um, and like hours later, yeah. like after his day.
0: Okay. And I'm real quick to be like, Um, you had 25 minutes in the car with the windows rolled <laughs> down and the music blaring. I had to listen to the Disney Channel and uh. People pulling my hair. So I'm out the door. Let me go decompress. <laughs> I'm, not,
3: I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting, I think yet that you need to understand that, that because you also need your attention. You also need time to talk and to, again, women will decompress by by interacting and talking. So the yeah. thing is that if, if you want to find out where to start with this, is delay that gratification a little bit until he's ready for that, because you can have that time, but see that's where you guys are going to connect, that's where the intimacy is going to take place, I'm not talking sex, I'm talking that relational intimacy is going to happen when you guys start talking and you start talk, you know, sharing the, the day and validating that that's when the therapy is going to happen. Um, but it needs to happen at the right time. And, and it, that's going to depend on the individual. Some people are going to take 20 minutes. Some people are going to take an hour, too. So mm-hmm. it just it just um, depends.
0: Okay, what would you tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance?
3: Wow. Here we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Don't leave me. Uh, stay away from the fraternity party. <laughs> Uh, where, where where I met my ex-wife. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, what's the next thing I would tell my 18-year-old self?
0: That's funny.
3: Yes. Probably not politically correct, but yes, that's what I would
0: that's you. Why, that's why we wanted to interview you. <laughs> the, Do you the... have any,
2: any last piece of advice for all
3: the wives listening Yes, I, I do. As a matter of fact, um, when it comes to trauma, uh, particularly when you start looking now at like something more severe, like like uh, like acute acute stress disorder or or post traumatic stress, the things that are the telltale signs of that is going to be uh, basically a cycle of re-experiencing and avoidance, re-experiencing avoidance, re-experiencing avoidance. So. Either the re-experience is gonna happen through flashbacks, mm-hmm. certain smells, certain words, certain noises, you know, loud noises, sudden noises, things like that is gonna like, immediately take it back to, to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, the start response is gonna be uh, a lot more sensitive than it usually is, all right? Um, the, um, so so, they, there's, gonna, so there, there's gonna be sometimes nightmares you know, of, of, of the trauma, like this reoccurring type of thing that, that happens over and over. That's what you tend to see with adults. Uh, with children, they just have nightmares, but they, they, they're just nightmares. They don't, they're not any specific theme. But what you do see with children in play, they start re- reenacting everything that happened in their play. Mm-hmm. But with adults, you know, they start re-experiencing, re-experiencing, but then they don't want to talk about it and then they start avoiding, and they start trying to avoid going to certain places, trying right, to talk to certain people, trying to talk about certain topics. So that, that's the avoidance. So if you're experiencing avoidance, you see that cycle completely. Um, and that is, it, it, at least it was at one point in the last DSM, it was under uh, anxiety disorder. So that's, so you see a lot of the anxiety, the palpitations, heart and you know, like uh, digestive problems, the diarrhea, constipation, stomach aches. Uh, nausea, vomiting, headaches—all hmm. uh, of that type of stuff is gonna, you know, start pointing you towards um, towards anxiety. Um, changes in appetite, changes in sleeping patterns—those are types of things that you could notice right away that something's up. Um, if you start seeing that, or you start they start talking about, you know, death not being around, uh, saying goodbyes to people, giving away their stuff they red flags. Those are. Yeah, that, that would be more like looking at depression and suicide, but uh, yeah. those finding that things are not worth it anymore, guilt, you know, probably because uh, they lost somebody, a friend, a buddy, uh, one of their one of their battle buddies, and, and that person fell and they couldn't do anything about it. They start blaming themselves, they, you know, all of that type of stuff. It's those are pretty important things that need to be addressed professionally. But if you can pick it up then, and you can go now. My last bit of advice, if I may, is, is um, if, you, if he does go and if he allows it, the most effective thing that can be done is family therapy, at least couples therapy, uh, not just individual therapy. Because like I would tell everybody, once you deal with family therapy or couples therapy, you're dealing with the entire uh, environment. So it's not like you have like this fish that's like swimming in murky water. Eventually, like if you have a tank, you have not clean, is gonna start bellying up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You take the fish out of that very water, you put him in a special glass and you put special water and special food, after a few weeks it's gonna be awesome, right? And then when it's done, you throw them back in that, in that contaminated environment. Same thing happens when you don't treat the family environment. So uh, that's very important for, for the couple to be seen together because the dynamics that, that start taking place there and, and for therapy to really start changing the communication dynamics. And I think that probably be the most effective thing for that.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that too, with the fish and the dirty water. Yeah. It's good.
2: Well, thank you, Dr. Salinas. This was, it's so good to listen to a man talk how to help other men because Becky and I, you know, we use the safe space language uh, yeah. But which yeah, is brick-
3: which is great, yeah. But now
0: we know it's a castle, not a safe <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, i have to it for you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. We love talking with Dr. Salinas about law enforcement men and how they handle their feelings. While we totally understand that not all law enforcement guys fit into this box, many do, and maybe you see parts of your marriage within this podcast. Wouldn't life be so much easier if we all communicated in the same way? In 2018, are men still from Mars and women still from Venus? I think so. Good thing we have resources like therapy, books, podcasts, and friendships to give us nuggets of truth to help with a healthy marriage and open communication. We will link all the resources that Dr. Salinas mentioned on our Instagram and Facebook pages. I hope each of you can take away even something little from this
2: conversation. Thanks for being with us on Blue Wife Life.